Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are and whenever you are. This is Deborah Beatty from Created Life Strategies, and welcome to my program today. I want to talk to you about autopilots. That's uh, O-U-G-H-T-A. That's uh, a should or an ought to that you have allowed to control your life, your relationships, or your career. This series will talk about identifying and disconnecting those shoulds and reclaiming your life, your relationships, and your future. So, if you've spent years making other people's dreams come true at the expense of your own, if those people you gave everything to and for have now moved on to live their own lives, leaving you with only a sense of emptiness, If you feel that you've given your whole life to make someone else happy regardless of what your heart was telling you, and you feel resentment, aggravation, frustration, and a feeling that you'll never be able to breathe freely again, I have one question for you. Have you had enough? Thinking about all of you that I know who have shared how unhappy you are with your lives, how frustrated and angry you are that you've put everyone else's needs ahead of your own for so many years, and now are left with nothing. You are smart. You are passionate. You are powerful women with a lot still to offer from formal education and life experience who are such treasures to those who know and love you. And yet you're suffering. You're feeling lost. I know how that feels. I've met so many people, particularly women, who have had to put their dreams aside to raise families, complete a task someone else gave them, or even have to work a really lousy J-O-B just to make money to survive. Doing this causes resentment aggravation, frustration, and a feeling that you'll never be able to breathe freely, not to mention a feeling of having been taken advantage of in a really big way. I've been there myself more times than I wanted to be. I was a single mother with responsibility for 18 years. Dream? What dream? I thought I needed the security of an 8-to-5 with benefits because I had someone else depending on it besides me. Nevertheless, through all the years in corporate America playing it safe, there was an emptiness of feeling that there must be something more I could do. I couldn't make my expenses on a secretary's pay, so there was always at least one direct sales job on the side I could have voted my entrepreneurial skills to. <laughs> I sold Tupperware, Dynique Cosmetics, Herbalife, Latasia Jewelry, to name a few, even Amway. Yeah, even Amway. I lived for the day when I could leave the corporate world behind and just do my own thing. I saw just how ridiculous and wasteful the processes for running the businesses were, and I was sure I could do better. But I was living up to what I was supposed to do. This is what a single mom was expected to do. I should have devoted my life to raising my daughter. I should have 
tried to find a life partner to raise her with. I should have been able to provide for her and um, have enough money left over to be able to provide for the wants as well as the needs. But, you know, it's it's really funny because other people took those pearls of wisdom that I was sharing oh so freely and were doing very well with them. I was offering tips and tricks for others for, to succeed and I couldn't get myself out of the cube farms. I got so burned out and I changed careers. I went back to school to become a respiratory therapist. Life was exciting for a while. Uh, working in labor and delivery taught me just how precious and how fragile life can be. The trauma team and heart team taught me what's possible for humans to withstand and rebound from. And I spent four years learning until I fell one night on the ICU, sustained a career-ending back injury, and was back to the now what question as I was faced with reinventing myself yet again. It's a good thing I'm a master starter-overer. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go back to the administrative work. I'd had enough of that. I had a partial settlement from a back injury, so I took the opportunity to create DES Communications, a graphic design firm that was part of the Icon Group in Modesto, California. Life was okay. Not fantastic or mind-blowing, but acceptable. I was managing. I had a decent relationship, a good business that was beginning to make a profit, nice apartment. And then the bottom fell out again. The phone rang and it was my mother asking if I could come and help her. She needed a hip replacement and needed me to stay with her. Still hoping for some sort of resolution to a lifelong conflict and a long history of abuse, of emotional abuse, I went. After all, I was an adult now and could take the higher ground. My mother had always had issues uh, with my weight, with my outlook on life, seemingly with my taking up space on the planet. So I showed up, the dutiful daughter, once again to do what I should, only to find that in addition to a bad hip, she had metastatic cancer. She was still my mother, after all, so I agreed to help out, putting my desires and visions aside to do what I ought to do. While one thing led to another, and as days turned into months, I had to let things go. My home, my business, there was no online internet business available then. Even my eight-year perfect relationship fell apart. (laughs) He told me on the phone he'd found someone else and didn't feel like waiting for me to come home. I found myself shouldering the weight alone. My mother's got my mother's cancer got worse and worse until she lost the ability to take care of her daily affairs. I felt forced to assume the financial burden of the household and there went my savings. My mother surrendered to brain cancer in June of 1997. Losing a mother is hard enough, but with her passing, I lost my identity as well as my future. All my life, I'd been told things were done so that I'd be taken care of in my later years. Don't you love that phrase? Well, when I was seven, my parents purchased property in Guam, supposedly for me and my future. 
From an early age, I was involved in property taxes, battles with the government, told about the negotiation plans and issues, because one day I'd have to know all this when it was my own responsibility. As the only child of loving parents, I had never had any reason to doubt I'd inherit everything to make my later years comfortable. If I could just hang in there till the magical day I could follow my own dreams, everything would be perfect. But yeah, it didn't work out that way. For some reason known only to her, my mother wrote me out of her will and left everything in trust for my daughter. I was left with nothing but the shirt on my back, literally. The life of freedom that I had planned for, dreamed of, and expected was gone in the space of one breath. The years of waiting till I could take back control of my destiny and pursue my own dreams were all gone. The executor of her estate showed up after my mother died to give me the news. I couldn't see the will, but it decreed that only my daughter could live in my mother's house now. I had to vacate the premises immediately and take only what I could prove I had brought with me when I moved in six months before. I walked out of the only home that I'd known for 22 years with one pair of pants, two shirts, and 20 bucks. I had no family, no job, no money, no car, no friends, so I thought, no home. Living on the streets when you've come from a sheltered upbringing is a major education, I can tell you. There are a lot more demons out there to confront than gangbangers, weirdos, and muggers. Most of them live within your own mind. And yet, as time goes on, I'm increasingly grateful. It was during this time I began to discover what I was made of. My strengths, my weaknesses, my fears, and just how far I was willing to go to survive. I now choose to believe that my mother knew on some level I'd land on my feet. I think she had faith in me in spite of herself. At first, the shock of everything hit me and I couldn't do much more than sit and cry. (laughs) There were no shelter beds available. I was too ashamed to call anyone who might have a couch or a spare room. I think I went a little crazy during that time. You know, just as I talk about later, I could have asked for help. But for some reason, I felt like I had to battle on alone. I gradually pulled myself together. I found a dry, warmish spot out of the view of the local constabulary to sleep and a park bench in the sunshine to sit and ponder life upon during the day. Someone had told me where to get a hot meal and a shower, and I was doing okay. But sitting on my park bench two weeks later, I started taking inventory of my skills, my abilities, and what I felt I could offer. In the space of a breath, I was nobody's daughter, nobody's mother. My daughter had also taken off to parts unknown, had no expectations to live up to, and an incredible freedom to just be myself for the first time in my life. The roles that had defined my identity no longer applied, and I had no idea what to do with what I had. As the days go on, I thank my mother for giving me such a gift. 
You know, they they say life begins at 40. Well, I was in my mid-40s when this happened. I'd always said if I only had the freedom to be what I wanted, I'd be happy. Well, I'd got my wish. (laughs) Oh, happy day. So who I am today and what I offer through my programs came directly out of that experience. I call myself the autopilot disconnector and a dream coach, not because I interpret your sleeping dreams. No, more so I give myself that title as well as several others because what I do best is to ferret out that dream you've put aside for someday and bring it into the light once more. We all have those secret dreams we've stuffed down in our mental closets deep into the dark recesses behind the coats and sweaters, waiting for someday when the time is right and we're free to follow our vision and live a created life. So what exactly is a created life, you ask? Well, a created life is one of your own choosing, where you make the rules and you have control. A created life is one in which there is no tomorrow, nor is there a yesterday. There's only now. When I say live a created life, what does that mean exactly? People ask me all the time if it's a spiritual or religious thing. (laughs) And you know, it's like many of the things we choose for ourselves. There's always seems to be an explanation needed whenever you color outside the lines, right? So here's the ultimate definition for you to use and integrate into your own chosen path of what I have designed the term to mean. A created life is one of your own making. However, that looks at the moment where you are living in the present moment and celebrating that whatever is happening, it is perfect and it was caused by what you have done to make it so. A created life, as I define it, does not get into theology, but is deeply spiritual. I personally believe that within each of us is a spark of the Creator that imbues us with the power to make our own decisions and choices and walk our own paths. When we give up control, we become unconscious and start living on autopilot. We become numb. Our passion, our joy, and our zest for living gets buried and stuffed down deep. But the pain of ignoring our destiny begins to fester where it does the most harm. We try to ignore it. Sometimes we get really, really good at pretending we're not here for a purpose we're not expressing. We wait for some day for the pain to stop. But until we bring ourselves back out into the light of day and let it breathe, it just seems to get worse. Well, guess what? Someday is right here, right now. Hello, your dream is calling you. It's time to drag it out, dust it off, and see what's in that package for you to explore. Now, some of us, many of us, have gotten to a certain age and are re-examining who we believe ourselves to be. Our children, if we had them, have grown and left the nest. (laughs) Some of them come back, (laughs) but most of them left the nest. We're either at retirement age or with the current economic silliness have been laid off after years on the job. We're asking ourselves, now what? And looking at our options. 
This is the time we're trying new things, creating our futures, and pulling our dreams out of storage. My Disconnect Your Autopilot program is designed to help you with reclaiming what you've forgotten or been lulled into believing you can't have. So, that's a little bit about me. I needed to tell you that so that I could then start really digging into what's an autopilot. As I said before, living on autopilot is letting an ought to or a should be the primary motivation for how you live your life, the choices and decisions you make, and the attitudes and feelings that arise. Autopilot, spelled O-U-G-H-T-A, pilot, is a term I have coined for living your life by somebody else's rules, for surrendering your personal power and setting aside your own dreams and desires, and failing to engage 100% with your own life. In effect, you live your days trying to live up to what you've been told you ought to do. Remember when you were a child and dreamed of being, well, insert your dream here? (laughs) What happened to that? Did you do it? Or did a parent, teacher, coach, or significant other talk you into putting that dream away and going for something more financially feasible? In my case, when I was a little one, I wanted to be a clothing designer and a musician. My mother thought that was too out there and carefully guided me into going to college to become a dental hygienist. I was out of my depth with all the left brain requirements and struggled and stressed through three years of attempts to get into a good dental school without success. But I kept trying because I wanted to be a good girl and do what my parents expected of me. At the same time, I was taking genetics, quantitative analysis, organic, inorganic chemistry, and other required prerequisites. I was also taking linguistics, psychology, sociology, economics, cultural anthropology, and classes I found fun as electives. By the end of my third year, because of all the labs I needed to take from, you know, chemistry and biology... I had the same number of credits in my electives as I had in my major. So once it was clear I was a disappointment yet again, and would never amount to anything anyway, according to my mother, I swapped and graduated a much happier person, though still a failure, with a BA in behavioral sciences. You see, college ought to have been for a reason. It ought to have provided me with a career, and it ought to have paid off. I was the first in my family to go to college, and I should have made it count for something. But as it was, the whole opportunity was wasted on someone like me. I wanted to pursue a career in the foreign services. I spoke three languages, had been raised on semi-foreign soil, so why not? I had an aptitude for it, and I found the whole idea intriguing. However, I graduated at the time of Watergate when nobody was hiring, especially not government. Yeah, Murphy loved me. So to pass the time and earn a living, again, follow what I ought to do, I went to one of the oldest secretarial schools on the West Coast, and once through that, took a job as a secretary, which led to many years on cruise control. 
uh, just doing what I had to to exist. In the meantime, I also married for the first time. Bad mistake. Had my daughter. Best thing that ever happened. Adding even more responsibility to others at my expense. So can you relate? Have you ever been caught up in doing what you think you ought to do? That you put aside your dreams and slowly forget what you wanted to do? And soon what you want to do is buried and lost? So here's here's five questions for you to identify your autopilots. So, one, do you spend your days working to live up to someone else's expectations? Two, what would you do every day if you had no ties, limits, or responsibilities to others? Three, What would you do if everything you were doing on a daily basis were to stop? Four, what would you do if you knew you only had six weeks left to live? And five, how would you feel if you could do, be, or have anything you wanted? So I have devoted the rest of my life to being a stand for your right to live at choice. Doing what you were born to do, not necessarily what you have learned to do. Are you spending more hours than ever going through the motions instead of living a joyous created life? Can you remember what it first felt like when you began your journey? Do you still hop out of bed excited to face each new day? No? Well, what's happened to change that? How can we reset the scene so you can have fun again, be excited again, and find the energy we had to create our vision and be fully engaged with what our life as we see it will be? So, just a little bit here. We will continue to look at what autopilots are, how to um, how to handle them, how to disconnect them, and um, how to planifest a future that is designed to bring you joy, happiness, and fulfillment. I hope to see you here next week. This will be a series of weekly programs, and um, I do hope you'll tune back in. So again, be well, stay safe, and wear a mask. This is Deborah Beatty with Created Life Strategies. My website, by the way, if you want to find out more about this, is uh, createdlife.com. And um, I have several programs available for you. My book by the same title, Disconnect Your Autopilot, is also available on Amazon. So, um, as I said, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.